When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. with friends my name is cody leach as always i'm joined by christian garcia what's up and goblin back here and goblin for all the youtubers you can see him playing in the background so cute with his little baseball t-shirt on well you may have noticed if you're watching us on, on youtube but maybe if you're listening to us too maybe it sounds a little different we are uh recording virtually this time um christian's door is all broken at his house and Fucking adult problems, man. The upstairs unit had like a fire. What's it been like? Has it been a year? I don't know. I don't know if it's been that long, but it's been a while, like maybe eight months or something like that. Yeah, they had a fire and like firefighters had to come and bust down outdoor while we were at work. And uh, yeah, you know, eight months later, they're just like, hey, uh, call me yesterday. Hey, we're going to come over and fix the door tomorrow. I was like, oh, cool. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for all the advance notice. Yeah, and then it's like it'll be about two hours. I'm like, all right, no worries. They're coming in at nine in the morning, and you know, fucking four hours later, five hours later, <laughs> still working. working on it. Yeah, that's rough. I hate when real adults' problems get in the way of all of our fun stuff. <laughs> but uh, that's okay. We still got a fun show. Thank you guys for coming by, stopping, liking, and subscribing, listening, following on the on the Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. We do appreciate that. Make sure to check out patreon.com slash nerds with friends to help support the podcast too. Um, Really helps us out. Helps us, uh, you know, get new camera equipment and stuff. Green screens and all that kind of stuff. I guess there'll be no green screen on this one. Maybe I can come up with a cool digital background or something. But today we're going to be talking a little bit about The Last of Us. The final episode just aired last Sunday. and uh, because of like weird scheduling things that we've been going through the past uh, month or so, we never actually talked about The Last of Us. That episode never came out because by the time we like talked about the first episode, like three episodes had already been out. So we we're like, fuck it. <laughs> so uh, we'll be doing our full uh, our full review of The Last of Us. We'll do our, uh, of course, our spoiler free review um beforehand before our little break and then we'll go into it deep in after our break uh, but before we do that let's uh, start off like we always do with some nerdy confessions where we confess the things that make us nerds christian why don't you start us off my nerdy confession is uh i just paid for uh the pre-order i pre-ordered uh, diablo 4 oh i gotta do that i was today. excited about it and um because it's like it's supposed to release tomorrow, which would have been a couple days, but um, early access or whatever. The early access, yeah. One thing is, I'm a little bummed out. Is it's has there's no date for Max. Fucking oh. hating on the Mac people. It's only been Windows so far. When previously, 
I don't feel like I had to wait last time I got it on my Mac and no problem. I just played it. And yeah, there has been any releases for it. So I was like, all right, whatever. I'll just get it on the PS5. I made sure and look, can you cross play? You can. I was like, dope. I could at least still play with people cross playing. Nice. No worries. And then as soon as I pay for it, I was reading about it and you're only allowed to play it for like two days. Oh, and then... <laughs> that's kind of whack. And then it goes away. And then, um, or I, so, or maybe I misread it. Please, anyone correct me. That, I mean, I feel like that's sometimes how like early access betas and stuff go for like Call of Duty. It's like early access weekend and it's like just a weekend and then you have to wait till it actually comes out. Like, cool. Now wait till June. Like, the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so we better go hard me. this weekend. They definitely got me. Um, I guess that's a good way of getting people to make sure and pre-order it you know right uh, right because they didn't release it just says i don't know i guess partially my dumbass should have looked into it before paying for it but <laughs> it seems like kind of a fucked up gimmick of you know like because it tells you you can level up 25 levels you can see all of sanctuary and you could play these three characters and get extra items that uh, won't be released till later i was like oh dope you know i get to play it early yeah Not the full game but at least i get to level up 25 until the release Full release comes out yeah i hit the ground running or whatever that's like 40 hours something like that oh whack yeah well you know it is what it is like what's funny to me is that you know in general pre-ordering games digitally is a fucking racket like (laughs) like at least they're giving you something for pre-ordering it because most of the time like take take what's the Hogwarts Legacy, right? Like you pre-order that. What happens with your pre-order? Like it, it's not like they're going to run out of digital copies. You know, it's it, pre-orders came about when it was like, okay, you know, Halo Three is going to come out, and you're going to, you know, if you work that day or whatever, you might get to Best Buy or Target or whoever, and they're out of copies. Then you don't get to play Halo with your buddies day one kind of thing you may have to wait till they ship more to the store nowadays everything's digital most people are buying games digitally it's like they're not going to run out you know what i mean they and might, like, they might oh, oh no we're out of digital copies <laughs> we're all out sold out we're sorry guys. digitally print more yeah exactly so it's it's always silly to me when when it's like oh pre-order and then um i will say though i kind of got screwed because uh, with the new Destiny expansion, there was a pre-order for it too. And l- like I said, normally, like, who cares on pre-orders, right? But there was actually a gun you could only get with the pre-order. And it was one of those things where, like, normally, like, with Hogwarts, right? Hogwarts Legacy is the last big game that came out. Um, like, the pre-order, like, if you pre-ordered the digital deluxe version, you get, like, extra cloaks and outfits and stuff like that. Like you can get that the day it comes out also. So you're not missing out on anything. But the Destiny one, you actually missed out on stuff. It was like, oh, now you just can't get this exotic machine gun. And I was like, oh, cool. They almost got me with like the deluxe something other edition. Yeah. Because as soon as I logged into uh, the PlayStation store, I saw, oh, there it is. A hundred bucks. I'm like, oh, is that what the game costs? Maybe it's a really big game. All right, whatever. <laughs> and I click on it and there's no other options. It's just the $99 version. Who's sneaky? I was just like, that that doesn't seem right. right. Yeah. It's kind of steep. So then I go and actually look for it in the PlayStation store. And then there's the $69 one. That's what I got. 
And then there was a uh, the deluxe version and the something else version. And the only differences were like skins and something else. I'm like, wait, like $30 more for some skins? Fuck that. I'm sure it's like $5 later on. Yeah, exactly. The store. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm just getting the other fucking game. Yeah, that's silly. They almost got me. They almost well, got me. Yeah, I will say when you're buying stuff on the PlayStation store, it can be kind of like more difficult than it should be to find what you're actually looking for. Like sometimes it's like, oh, you know, I'm looking for Destiny and it pops up with all these other Destiny things first, like things that Bungie obviously paid them to show first. And it's like, no, I want this one specific thing. And you have to like really hunt for it sometimes. So it's like what supermarkets do. It's like they they make the entrance like all the way to the right. But yeah. all the common stuff that people buy is out of the way to the left. So you so have to walk, you walk through the, the entire store. fucking store yep. knowing that there's some odds that you're going to buy some other shit. A hundred percent. Yep. It's all planned, I'm sure. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I'm excited for Diablo. Um, I played the, la- the last Diablo, Diablo 3, that came out, I don't know, 10 years ago or whatever yeah. it was. Um, it was like my first PC game that I actually played on my computer um, because it didn't come out on PlayStation till much, much later. Um, so now that I actually have this, you know, gaming PC, I'm kind of excited to like, you know, take it for a spin on this new game. So yeah, see it. I'm not, I'm not that excited on the PS five version of it. Like I definitely wanted to play it on my computer uh, or as Mark, my brother-in-law would say my inferior. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm so used to, I got my gaming mouse where I can, you know, put all the buttons on it i just like i don't know how you're supposed to do all that on the ps5 because there's definitely like multiple different moves you can do with yeah like, i'm sure it's gonna be like hold l1 and then press this and hold it probably you know, like L2 some and... some combo of buttons yeah i actually this this mouse here that i have my my razor death adder or whatever i bought yeah, this that's exactly play... the same one i have yeah i bought this to play diablo that's how old... it's got numbers one through 12 on the side um it's got it's just got two buttons on the side oh, uh, oh it's kind of yeah. hard to yeah maybe it's maybe it's not i mean it is old maybe it's time to upgrade to a, a new like super awesome mouse with all the all the buttons and rolling balls and stuff on it <laughs> very cool well, my new confession, I mean, I guess it kind of works out because we're doing this on Zoom. I can actually uh, show you. I started building a uh, new magic deck. Um, oh. And, uh, you know, like we've been playing magic now for several months. And like, I feel like I, I've kind of gravitated towards certain colors of ma- mana and certain types of decks that have kind of, you know, you know that I've been very comfortable with doing like yeah. lots of lots of tokens or big creatures. Cody avoids avoids black a lot. I don't know why. <laughs> Actually, it's the opposite. <laughs> I, I play primarily black because <laughs> it's the cooler color, Christian. <laughs> um, I'm appropriating <laughs> that to myself, but uh, yeah, no, I've definitely gravitated towards like like graveyard graveyard stuff, like pulling stuff out of the graveyard and playing it again or like big creatures uh, or tokens right so i decided like i'm going to build a deck that kind of challenges what i normally play to try to try something different so here i can actually pull it up on on zoom here so we can all actually see it so um this here is going to be my new uh blink deck so it's, it's 
blue and white. And the uh, commander is Brago, King Eternal. And so pull him up here. So whenever um, he's a 2-4 flying, costs four mana, uh, two blue and a white. And uh, when he deals combat damage to a player, exile any number of target non-land permanents you control, then return those to the battlefield under their owner's control. So this is what's known as a uh, blink deck. And the, the, the idea of blinking something is you pull it away from the battlefield, then put it back onto the battlefield. So it's enter the battlefield abilities happen multiple times. Is that a Kaldheim? Uh, he is from... Just looks Ka- like a Viking guy. Yeah, uh, he is from Kaldheim Commander, apparently. Oh, there it is, yeah. At, at, uh, least, uh-huh. at least this particular version of him. So the idea is, you know, we get people like like Ether Chandler here. When he enters the battlefield, choose one. Create a 1-1 one, one bird creature token with flying. Return a target non-land permanent to its owner's hand or draw a card. So yeah, normally, first I thought you said Ether Chandler, like Chandler Bing. Chandler like, Bing? <laughs> Could I be any more Ether? <laughs> uh, so he, uh, the idea is like, normally you would play this guy and you have to choose one of those three things, right? But now with the commander, every time he does commander damage, you get to blink this guy off the board and put him back onto the board. So you get to choose one again. So you can just get hella bird tokens or uh, destroy a bunch of non-land permanents or whatever, um, or draw a bunch of cards. And so that's kind of like where I went with these. So all of these guys have cool um, enter the battlefield things. And of course, I had to make room for uh, Elish Norn, Mother of Machines. So her power is uh, if the permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. So like basically you get double triggers of everything. So so triggered. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool. And then, of course, yeah. it, she also shuts off those abilities of my opponents, too. So that would be a fun one to anyone who saw Cody's car with the one one bird is like, what can you really do with a one one bird? Yeah, you should see his squirrel deck, his one-one squirrel deck. <laughs> He's won multiple times with that. You know, in the beginning when he said, "I'm gonna make a squirrel deck," I'm like, "All right, buddy." Yeah, that's how that fucking goes. <laughs> yeah, you guys and have uh, it, definitely it felt felt the hurt of the squirrels. Dina's around Moxfield. Might as well, since since we're here, might as well pull up the the old squirrel deck. Um, let's see here. It would be under your decks you know that video you sent me of like making sure to have a finisher with um with the mm-hmm. uh, post malone i was like that makes sense oh yeah. posty's giving out some good advice yeah. a lot of my decks don't have uh finishing combos and there was one card for my i made a treasure deck that i'm proud of it hasn't done awesomely well but uh um, sure it's uh making treasure tokens and I got I made it with dragons and goblins because they fucking love it. They love yeah, it. They love treasure and both <laughs> goblins and dragons love their treasure. And there was a card that I saw and, I was, and it was like uh it collect 20 tokens and you win the game. I was like, oh dude, if, if it, a game gets too long, like exactly. kind of last time. Exactly. Like I could I could end it, but it's a swamp card and oh. that has red green, so I can't play it. So I'm trying to hunt for a similar card to it yeah you know 
that was kind of an interesting thing. And for anyone who plays magic, I think that's an important lesson to learn is that, you know, every, like when I was building the squirrel deck, right? Like I, it started off as like, I just, I, I was noticing that there's all these squirrels in the world of magic right and it's like dude there's so many squirrels like it's like a weird theme that like some artist or game designer was like secretly putting things in there's like people like the nut collector who makes squirrels there's chatterfang who adds more squirrels he's a squirrel general and um and so like it started off just amassing all these squirrels but then once you have them all collected there's you get to the point where you're like, well, all of these squirrels are like one, one, two, two. And most of what they do is create more squirrels. How am I going to win with this deck? Right. Cause like, you know, if I have, you know, a bunch of one ones and everyone else has a bunch of three fours or whatever, I can't swing at all. Right. You know, I can't attack at all. So that's when the idea of like crater hoof behemoth came out where it's like, okay, what if these, what if all these squirrels, had like another big buddy in the forest who when shit got real they could call upon and you know help him out and what he does is he enters the battlefield and and all the creatures that i have on the battlefield get plus one plus one for every other creature on the battlefield so if i have 20 squirrels everything gets plus 20 plus 20 and then they all have trample and haste and they you just swing in and destroy everyone right i think everyone on our side of the game fucking hates that card <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and i've never and we've we've never had a board wipe card during the time when you've pulled it out or a blink card actually the blink deck you're making would be pretty good against it yeah you can blink it out of all your creatures out of existence but then you'll die <laughs> so. yeah or i mean also it's like you know a simple counter spell can take care of that you know what i mean yeah. so like i definitely there there are ways of making him harder to you know uh kill you guys but it just seems like a lot at least in our play group a lot of people don't hold up mana for counter counter magic most of the time um so we just get excited <laughs> yeah exactly exactly uh and then i also have a combo in that squirrel deck where i just create infinite squirrels there's like a loop where it just makes unlimited squirrels and so, you know, then you can swing 10,000 squirrels at each character and and then doesn't matter how many blockers they have. But yeah, so I'm excited about that uh, Blink deck. I just uh, put in a fat order at TCG Player, which I will say, like, normally we're Card Kingdom guys, but TCG Player has been pretty, pretty good on prices recently. And uh, they have this thing where you can, like, um, optimize your cart. So rather than pulling from all these different ones, you can try to get it as few packages as possible it's not yeah. perfect but you know i don't know what's going on with card kingdom man like you know normally they're very go-to and clutch but yeah me and cody were talking about uh pre-game pre-saturday games how like um i had made there's been two decently sized orders i've made and it's like dude it's been like five days and it hasn't even progressed it doesn't even look it doesn't say that they're working on it right and, right um, i will say their customer service are also very excellent people every time i've called in to cancel an order they're like super chill and apologetic but last time i talked to someone they said yeah there's a and then there was a pause i was like something you can't talk about no yeah basically i'm like all right well something going on there's a shakedown something like that i was like oh yeah oof, there's something going on hopefully they're just like maybe short staffed or something you know maybe they had a 
you know, break out of COVID or something. So hopefully yeah, it's just one store in like Seattle, right? Or something. Yeah, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, I do like, I do like buying from them because it, again, it all ships from one place. Um, and, you know, you don't have to like worry about getting multiple packages and it comes in a nice, um, in fact, I probably have one in here. Yeah. So it comes in nice little yeah. pl- plastic, you know, hard cases. They always give you like an extra token and maybe a sticker or something. So like definitely a great shopping experience from them. It's just like, if it takes seven days to process and then another five days to get to you, man, that's like two weeks yeah. of, not, of not playing with this deck that you've spent, you know, many hours building or whatever, you know? And particularly like, you're just excited. Like, oh, I got these cards. I want to try it out. Oh, see it, if it works. What adjustments do I need to make? Do I need them? add more mana do i need like lessons in man yeah exactly exactly so yeah i don't know i've been uh i've I made two orders from tcg player now and uh it's uh yeah i don't know that they, they, they've it's been pretty good with them so far plus one thing i kind of like on tcg player is you can you know like card kingdom has it but you can buy like you know near mint uh quality cards excellent quality good or not so good you know yeah. but they never have any in in the beat up range you know what i mean <laughs> so they probably get them or like people like they probably just don't buy them to be perfectly honest because I, I don't like i mean i don't care i don't think me and you would care like we would yeah. buy a beat up card because we, we play with them yeah but i could imagine like they're catering to both players and collectors so it's just like sure there's probably not going to be a whole bunch of people that are willing to take a slightly beat up card yeah, and and they definitely do have more on on like older cards for sure, but still, I've never seen one in like the last like beat up category. Yeah, and one thing with TCG players is they'll have some that I mean I don't want to buy a damaged card, but they'll have some that are like heavy played, and I think you know those cards need a home too. You know what I mean? <laughs> so so I don't I don't mind going. There's to a that. whole market they're missing out there, dude. Comics, I will buy like they're graded one through ten. I'll buy a four. I'll buy a three. You know, depending on what comic it is. Yeah. Because they're more affordable. <laughs> it's like sometimes they just want to own it, you know? Also, you know, like on a lot of these classic comics or cards or whatever, they're not making more of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, like, if like I do have, like, uh, my Daredevil number seven, I, I think seven, which is the first time he puts on the red suit in comics. Um, I think that's like a 4.5 or a 5 or something, you know? And it's like... Sure, it's not, you know, it's not nine or ten, but it also wasn't like, you know, four grand, you know what I mean? So it was, uh, it's it's cool to have that piece of history, whether or not it's in perfect condition or not. But. Speaking of which, did you see uh, Mr. Uh, Berthenol is going to be uh, casted back as a... Uh, John Berthenol is going to be the Punisher again, yep. yeah. But I also heard that uh, Foggy Nelson and uh, Karen are going to be not returning and then they also recast uh, Wilson Fisk's love interest. I forget what her first name was. Um, Vanessa, Vanessa Fisk. So they are recasting some people, which is kind of interesting. You know, nothing against that actress. <laughs> but honestly, anyone watching or listening, do you remember her face? <laughs> do you remember her face? If I, they If they didn't even mention it and they had just done the switch... How many of you guys would have really noticed? Sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, I would, but I've watched that series like four or five times now. So, you know, because I just, I, Daredevil's one of my favorite superheroes. And um, 
it's but like I, I you're right it's not like recasting the kingpin right like that would be a big yeah. like what the fuck why why would you do that you know but like and like yes it sucks like i think that uh uh deborah ann wall did a great job as karen and i think uh I forget what the guy's name is, but the guy who played Foggy Nelson, he did an excellent job too. The guy from the Mighty Ducks, you remember? That? Yeah. You realize he was the, the Bash Ducks. Bros. The Bash Bros. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think they did great jobs. Um, so that's kind of a bummer. Her her character, not that big of a deal to me. But uh, uh but yeah, I'm excited that John Bernthal is coming back as Punisher because that's gonna be awesome. It just I wonder how deep they're gonna go with like the the violence and stuff i i i don't know man i i it's hard to tell it's hard to tell um because what they did with uh daredevil in she hulk it's like that's not the daredevil we know in the sense that he was not that i always want to see him down and you know right yeah like he he was kind of like oh he he seemed happy go lucky and like it's just it's very uh, different tone from daredevil sure. so now one thing too is that he did have he did have his moments of levity and and you know being kind of upbeat and jokey and stuff in the series but most of the time when he was like when he had the daredevil mask on he was like he was daredevil and he yeah. was out to beat some ass kind of thing so be interesting. It's, it's not to say that that's what the way it's going to be because in comics you know like spider-man my favorite like I love him because when he's in when he's in danger, he jokes around, but it's like he uses the joke to distract himself from like he's moments away from possibly dying, but he makes things light. Um, but if he's in an Avengers comic, he, he doesn't joke around maybe all that much. Right. So it's so it's different tone. So like it could possibly change, but at the same time, it's Disney. You know, I don't know. It it, it can go either way because right. they could they could make it lighter so as to like they can make it white to a wider audience or they can keep it the way it is and fans or at least the true fans or the people who fell in love with the first time will love it um it does give me hope that they portaled in the old show and they didn't change anything so they just put the warning so I, it can go it in, in my eyes it's it's a fucking coin toss it can go yeah. either way i will say the one thing you know uh, I like how we got into a Daredevil tangent, but yeah, no. <laughs> um, one thing I did like is that in She-Hulk, we got to see what what a Disney budget can do too, right? We saw him like doing a bunch of flips and a little CG, you know, uh, stuff where he's like uh, jumping off the the side of a building and swinging with his Billy Club thing, which like we never saw any of that yeah. in in the netflix series right like when he's on the rooftop and he's just a dude running in a suit it just looks like a dude running in a suit you know what i mean where he's supposed to be this really acrobatic ninja type guy um so because he does some spider-man-ish kind of yeah not web slinging but like you know uh swinging around yeah with with his club club, yeah so hopefully there'll be a good mix i just hope the fight choreography is just as good and if if his if his hands don't come up super bloody afterwards, like I'm okay with that as long as the choreography looks good. You know what yeah. I mean? And and Marvel, the Disney Marvel has done great fight choreography. You know, if you think back at uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier, some of the best fight scenes you've yeah. ever seen. Or Shang Chi was also really really good. You yeah. know, 
Um, so even though Shang-Chi was obviously murdering a lot of those guys when he's throwing <laughs> them off the building and stuff, like it's okay that you don't see like blood and guts. He like, was raised in Assassin Cody, so yeah, I mean... yeah, no, I I think that's fine. And you know, if we don't see you know blood shooting out of them and like bamboo things sticking out of them when they get impaled on the bomb, yeah. that's fine. You know, we didn't see them die; they could yeah. have survived. They're <laughs> well, they're not ninjas, but they're monks. Yeah, yeah exactly. So anyway, but uh, yeah, so excited for that, but uh. Let's uh, let's talk The Last of Us. If we're going to talk any you know streaming series, we should talk about the one at hand. So let's do our um, non-spoiler. Should people watch um, The Last of Us on HBO out now? The whole series is out now. So if you don't, if you're not an HBO subscriber, you can like do the free trial, binge it all, and then cancel your subscription if you want. Um, but what did you think without getting into spoilers? What did you think of the series overall? Did it do a good job of, you know, replicating the, sh- the video game? It did a great job of giving it, making it feel in the universe and making some, I would say great changes, um, that kept the people who played the game interested in a little bit more of backstories and some stuff that, uh, the game didn't answer. Um, I I loved it. I think it was great casting with uh, Senor Pedro Pascal. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone who uh, ever, I mean, I feel like the guy's universally loved. You know, it's like yeah. everyone loves him, and so like that's what drew people in and kept them in. And um, the fact that it's a great it's a great story, you know, kept people coming back for more. So in, in my eyes, it was it was dope. Highly and, recommend watching it. And it, and. Like it's kind of hard to judge because we've both played those games, but do you think someone who hasn't watched or hasn't played the games at all would come into the to the series and you think they would be lost or you think that the show did an excellent job of telling the actual story? I would say they did an excellent job because I didn't know uh, Sabrina, my fiance, didn't. I thought she I could have sworn she watched me play the game, yeah, and she didn't, and um, she uh, someone the second game for her, uh, a coworker of hers. So she came home like, I didn't know. I like, didn't know what. Last of Us 2. And I'm not going to go into it. Yeah, yeah. We didn't play, but she's just like, why wouldn't you tell me? I was like, why? I thought you watched me play. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I thought you knew. I thought why would knew. I tell you something you already knew? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why, I, you knew that shit. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so, I think... See, so for one who who doesn't know and gets that spoiled for them, I don't know if they'll continue. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they did a great job of capturing the world, the feel, and the relationship between Joel and Ellie, which is like, you know, that at its core is what The Last of Us was. Like, yeah. yes, it's a zombie horror survival type game, but at its core it's like you're just watching this relationship between these two uh grow and blossom into something different in this bleak grim world that they live in right um and it's supposed to be like this kind of like this like glimmer of hope that that comes into this otherwise downtrodden bleak looking world so i think they did an excellent job and um i think that fans of the game 
will have stuff that's new to them. Like, even though I've played that game multiple times, there was ne- never a time in the show where I was like, oh, this is going to happen and this is going to happen and this is going to happen. I was never bored with it. There was enough new stuff in there, an expansion of what was not in the games that it was fresh and exciting for me. Um, but it was also enough of the nods and winks to what happened in the game. And sometimes a scene for scene, yeah. like recasting or a, a retelling of the story that it, you know, pulled on all the heartstrings in the right moments and stuff. So I think, I mean, this might be the best video game adaptation ever. I'd say. I would say I'm just a little bummed out that they didn't show Joel uh, crafting. You know, he wasn't taking uh, parts of scissors and knives and uh, no crafting and shivs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or and smoke we'll... bombs or explosives or know? throwing bricks to distract yeah. people. Bottles, uh, you know. I think uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that after the break in the spoiler section. I mean, there were some... I'm obviously some, kidding. I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> yeah. There were some like areas that could have been maybe improved upon, expanded upon. But I think overall, this was an excellent adaptation. And like, if you're not a big video game fan, but you wanted to experience The Last of Us, this is a perfect substitute for it. Because it gets everything right, I think. And uh, really, really did a great job but uh you know i don't know if it was snl or somewhat some other um i don't know i don't know if it was tv because some of the youtube stuff looks pretty good but someone had done like an actual video game version show of last of us and it was just like joel like crouched listening uh, and going like <laughs> like <laughs> grabbing stuff yes. yeah that's pretty <laughs> then, funny I was like, dude, that's yeah. I was like, that's that's pretty funny because that's like a lot of the actual gameplay, but story wise, yeah, like yeah. one week's episode is just twenty minutes of you up against the wall listening, yeah. like to the clickers, and then like, ah, should, should I go down? Should I go down? Nah, I'm just gonna wait till they make one more pass. Just <laughs> listening and how somehow listening gives you like X-ray vision. You can see behind. Yeah, walls. yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, well, we're gonna take a quick little break, and when we get back, we're gonna dive deep into The Last of Us. So if you haven't seen the show or um or maybe played the game we're going to be talking heavy spoilers after the break um so stick with us if you have and uh, we'll be right back another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of talk to us what would you like the power to do mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices message and data rates may apply bank of america and a member fdsc and we're back all right, so we're we're gonna get into full spoilers. I don't have my little spoiler button hooked up to the computer, so just know that spoilers are coming for The Last of Us, the first season of the show, as well as uh, the first video game as well. We'll leave the second video game mostly out of it. Maybe we'll do an even deeper spoiler right at the end, um, talking about what's to come next. But uh, we'll try to keep that to to a minimum if you haven't played or uh, played that or read about it. Um, so yeah, so uh, the show s- starts off almost exactly like 
the um the game except i did like the expansion of like where the virus or where the fungus started and how it kind of got started i think that that was a cool way of starting the show that gave us a little extra that the video game actually didn't get us right we had the guy talking about what would happen if a fungus uh took over you know um how it's much harder to stop than a virus or a bacteria how it's like it would basically mean the end of the human race kind of thing um it was a cool foreshadowing in that tv show um spot in the beginning and then i think it was like maybe the second episode where they had the uh i think she was a filipino lady who was like a fungus expert when she first sees the cordyceps and she's like just like bomb bomb the whole city you know it's it you need to do this right now and they're like what what do you mean it's like this is going to be super bad if it gets out. Um, that was a cool way of kind of showing how the world first reacted to the um, the cordyceps expanding. Because we really don't see that much in the game. See little no. hints hints of it. And we, you can read certain letters and, and things that you pick up in the game. But we really don't know like where it started or how it started, how it got out to everyone. And I think the uh, in in the first episode... You can notice because they do mention in I think the one with the 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 Filipina lady who was a scientist. She mentions like the perfect medium would be like flour, like it getting into a flour factory or something. Um, and you notice in the first episode, like Joel's like, "Oh, I didn't make pancakes." You know, she's like, "You said you were going to make pancakes." He's like, "Nah, you know, I didn't. I didn't do it." She's like, "Make sure you pick up your birthday cake." He's like, "Ah, I didn't get my birthday cake." And then, and then when they're like, "Hey, come over for cookies," the neighbor's like, "Hey, come over for cookies." He's like, "No, I'm on, I'm on Atkins, you know, which is a low carb diet or whatever." So in the yeah, whole, I never first noticed time, that. I read an article that pointed it out. I was like, "Oh, I missed all that." I was like, "That was, uh, that was nice." Yeah, yeah. So he was avoiding flour the entire time in the first episode. I thought that was such a cool little like thing that they didn't have to necessarily do, but they they really laid the groundwork really well for that. And then, um, and then I mean like the first the the scene where um where they're driving in the truck as like the town is uh, zombies are taking over the town essentially yeah it was almost beat for beat the oh game. my god yeah. it was so good it was so good and then particularly in the game like that's when i was playing it and you play that one part I was, that's what i knew is like this game's gonna be fucking awesome as soon as like i was like just the angles and like uh, the the cinematography of that part of the game, I was like, "All right, I know, I'm in it." Like, yeah, great. And, I fucking know it. And like in the game, you start off playing as Sarah, right? His, his Joel's daughter. And in this, in that first episode, we're with Sarah most of the episode, right? Joel goes off to work, and we're with her. She's getting the watch repaired. She's going around town. She's seen. She's hanging out with the neighbor's uh, uh, mom or whoever. And then in the truck we see a perspective shift from her to Joel eventually from the back seat to the front seat. And that's like when you take over as Joel in the game. And it was just such a cool way of doing that because in a video game, it, the perspective shift is much more apparent because you're like, Oh, I'm playing as this guy or I'm playing as this little girl first. Now I'm playing as this guy. Like something has changed. It's more in your face about it. But in the, uh, in the show, that's a little harder to do, you know, with, you just got to do it with camera angles and whatnot. And I, I felt they did an excellent job of that. Um, and I think that, you know, 
the casting of of Sarah, Tommy, and Joel, of course, are are awesome. Um, and then, of course, once we meet Ellie later, I think Bella Ramsey did an excellent job as being Ellie without like doing an impersonation of of Ashley Johnson's voice you acting. Know, I'm, I'm not gonna lie; I was so used to Ashley Johnson being Ellie, and it's like in the beginning, I was like, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. I didn't say anything, but I was just like, mm, I'm not feeling this. And then I think it was like the third episode with her in it. I'm like, nope, I see it. Okay, I love this kid. All right. Yeah. Nope, she's good. Yeah, she exactly. It. But yeah, I, I, yeah, it was, I and I think it. it was me. I think it was just like a gut thing. I was just like, no, I'm so used to Ashley Johnson. Like, that is her. That is Ellie, you know? Like, um, but yeah, she definitely, uh, she grew on me. And I was like, okay, no, she's cool. Absolutely. She's in fact, I saw someone um, modify, they did mods on the Lassos, and they put her face in the game. I was that's like, oh, cool. that's pretty cool. I was like, that's pretty cool. It fits in the game, too. Yeah, absolutely. And then one thing that I really liked about the series was that we got to see, like, total expansions on on characters that we didn't really get much time with in the game. Um, the most obvious being, I think it was episode three, three. with... with uh, uh, what was his name? Frank and uh, what was the other guy's name? Frank and Barry? No, I can't. Ron remember. Swanson was Frank, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, he's in the game, but yeah. his partner isn't. <laughs> well, well, his his partner is mentioned. Well, he is. Well, he's hinted. He like hung himself or something. Um, and you see his you see his body, um, but. You, like we didn't get this entire uh, Frank and Bill. Frank and Bill is is uh, the uh, other character's name. Uh, you we don't get this entire story with them, right? We don't know like what they had gone through together, and and like that episode for being an episode that has like you know like no zombies basically in it for the most part, and like no Joel and Ellie for the most part. Um, was like one of my favorite episodes of the whole Dude, show. It was it was so good. I can't imagine anyone watching that episode. And maybe maybe they didn't cry because I didn't cry, but I definitely felt my eyes get kicked in the nuts. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Exactly. Anyone who just like didn't feel something watching that episode, you just you don't have a soul, man. Like anyone <laughs> who didn't feel anything, like, dude, what's wrong with you? You're a person. It was yeah, it was it was so nice and so sweet. Like there was this, they they had their own little haven in this world gone mad kind of thing where they were just living their life together. And they wouldn't have they wouldn't have been able to live that life if not for what had happened. Yeah, with the world you know going crazy kind of thing. It was so good, and I liked. I think it was it. I think it was your your joke where you were like, "How about when uh uh Bill was like." watching frank sleep he wakes up he's like gotcha oh. <laughs> it's been the, it's been a long con the whole time i'm taking over this house that's right i was <laughs> like god damn that's so good what if like all the way at the end you know when they're old i know, ain't even gay i yeah. just said gotcha gotcha <laughs> play the long con play the long con this is my house now i just yeah. had to wait for my opportune moment he had to wait, dude. He had way yeah. too many guns. He was too strong. He was well situated. He had to learn how to, you know, grow food. He had to learn all that, and that takes years. It's not, it's not a quick thing. Yeah, exactly. But once exactly. he got it down, got gotcha, you, bitch. Got gotcha, you, bitch. 
don't have cancer or whatever. I'm not even gay. Just... <laughs> so good. Like it would have ruined that episode, but goddamn, that would have made me laugh so hard. <laughs> I, yeah, I would. Oh my god, it would. It would. Yeah, it would have ruined the episode, but it would have made me laugh so much. Um, uh, we we also get to see a little bit. Um, we get to see more of um. Uh, the dude and his little brother. I forget what his his name, those guys' names were. Uh, the, yeah, the kids. Um I forgot their names. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but that we, was that was that was a good episode too. That's where we saw a lot, the majority of the uh clickers and the behemoth clicker as well. Yeah, exactly. And it's um it's like uh it it was cool. I think it was Sam and Henry, I think it was. Um, I think, I think those are the right character names, but yeah, you know, the, the fact that we get to see a little bit of what they went through leading up to where, where you meet them in the game made it that much more heartbreaking when the little kid, uh, eventually turns, you know, and we get to see Ellie trying to save him and stuff. Um, I think that's what the, the show did really well was take the moments that were hinted at in the game. And maybe the people who didn't collect every little, note and you know diary entry that you find in the game and didn't read all of them because i'm i'm guilty of that like i'll be like okay collect this thing cancel out of it continue fighting zombies you know um and we get to see more of that in the show and they expanded it and it really helps build the world so now that i've watched the show i'm kind of excited to go back and play maybe i'll play like the remastered edition on ps5 um and like get to experience that knowing what's happening in the background kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, it was interesting uh, in this last episode, yeah. remember the giraffe? Yes. That the, they're feeding. Oh, the giraffe scene. So good. And I, and I remember like watching, I was like, um, I fell for this too. Where I was like, well, my, my perspective was a little bit different. I was like, man, that giraffe looks amazing. Like they did a really good job on the CG. Yeah, and no on shit, Twitter, I saw a lot of people just saying like, oh, that giraffe looked like shit. Oh, why do they like you know? Why do they even put it in there if they're gonna make the CG bad? It was a real goddamn giraffe. Yeah, it's a real giraffe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They like I because I watch I like watching the behind the scenes making of 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 shows like that, and and they went to the zoo, um, and they basically there's like a place where you feed the giraffes where the zookeepers do, and it's up high because giraffes are fucking tall, right? And so it's 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 just like that where. You know, uh, it's kind of open and you're looking over the giraffe and they just covered all the hand railing and stuff with blue screen so they could CG out. So all the building around them is CG in the background, of course. But then there's this fucking giraffe there and they're feeding a giraffe, a real giraffe. And I was like, damn, what a cool way of doing that to make sure it looks good. And even the one of the producer guys of the show was like, yeah, you know, you can make a CG giraffe, but it just won't look as good as a real thing. So we just decided we, we have to make it real. And I think that's what, one thing that the show did really well was they, they did stuff in practical effects that they could, like a lot of the, a lot of the zombies and stuff were practical. Um, and they just kind of enhanced it with CG, right? They added more of them, um, added maybe extra little moving bits on their, of the fungus coming out of them and stuff. But for the most part, a lot of the stuff was done practically. A lot of the sets were practical. Um, and I think that really helped elevate the show for sure. 
The tongue thing on the fucking infected was so oh, gross, man. So good. With, that's not in the game. That's <laughs> like, not. I yeah. I could have done without that shit. Like, oh, I mean, it was cool, but I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, so I think we should talk maybe about some of the things that have changed from the game into into the show, and that's one of them. One of them is that you know, in the game, it was it was always through just through a bite, right? That's how everyone got infected. But in the show, they really made it so that you could see that the fungus was what was doing it. So like when they're um, when Tess is about to get. Uh, killed for you know 100 percent killed and she's about to pull the grenade and blow herself up you this one zombie's like doing like the death kiss with her and you see all the little mycelium things coming out of his out of his mouth and into her mouth and i mean that wasn't in the game but goddamn was it effective it was super you know horrifying and um really gross got that body horror thing going on and i think that was kind of cool that was a really cool uh, addition to the sh- show that that would have made the game even better, but you know that c- game came out on uh, what was it, yes. PS3? PS3 was it? I think PS. I think it was PS3. Maybe early PS4. I could be wrong. Um, but you know, animating that in a video game is very difficult to do. But you know, when it's just one scene or two scenes in the show, you know, it's not that bad. Uh, and then they another thing too that they added to the show, I don't remember this in the game, was how, just like how there's these mycelium networks underground that let all the fungus kind of communicate with each other, having that where, you know, you see the the zombies kind of like all rolling out of the sun together in that one scene, they're all kind of reacting as one. And then like, if one if one of them hears something, they all hear something, that was a kind of a cool addition to the show that really expanded upon the danger of these zombies and, you know, really brought home the fact that this is a fungus, not a virus. They are all kind of, they have a somewhat hive mentality because they are all one fungal entity kind of thing. I thought that so was one thing that some people were pointing out that they're bummed out. It was a, there wasn't that many clickers or infected. Sure. Sure. But thinking back on the game, like it's not like they were the only villain. Like the majority of the time, you're fighting mostly garbage other, people. Yeah, other, <laughs> like other garbage, humans. Other humans. Like um, I I don't know. I I didn't feel like there was. Could there have been more? Sure. Uh, but in the game, and particularly um, in the beginning of the game, like they're very scattered around, and they're they're more of the harder enemies. Um, I I didn't feel, but I guess HBO had addressed like uh, the next season is gonna have more clickers to satisfy everyone but it's i just i feel like you know sometimes the audience does get shit right or the people the fans do get things right and particularly you know there goes sonic you know we didn't want to see the human teeth and uh yeah this weird ass sonic but um for something like that i just don't want it to get in the way of particularly the show's been doing a great job of the storytelling and everything else right like if there were some major things wrong with it, all right, maybe throw out some suggestions, but I just hope it doesn't affect the quality of the show just because, well, this is what they wanted, so let's just cut right. this one scene that would uh, develop this one character out so we can throw in some clickers, you know, as long as it doesn't do that. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, it's one thing to say, you know, like we want more zombies in it. Like I, I, I can understand a little bit of that. There were some, there were several episodes where 
there was there was not an effect infected at all. And maybe just seeing some in the background would kind of make the world feel more dangerous kind of thing. But I, I don't want it to get in. I don't want it to do two things. I don't want it to get in the way of the story, like you said. But I also don't want them to have to put so many in that they start looking like a CG mess, right? Like Wheel of Time is, you know, one of my favorite book series of all time. And the show has some problems and issues with it. And one of them is the, the Trollocs, which are one of the, like the rank and file bad guys in that show. Uh, they're like these beast men. Kind of, think of like the Dark Tower, the low men kind of thing. There's similar idea to that. And when you first see them, they look great because they're they're like dudes in suits kind of thing, right? And they're just enhanced with CG. But then there's like one episode later where there's supposed to be an army of them and they look like shit. Like they're super janky looking CG models. Um, and I don't want that to happen to The Last of Us. I think you know, if, if you have to have a room with, you know, like 12 clickers in it, like, are they going to dress 12 people up in the full makeup gear and stuff and have to like, you know, have them all do the crazy twitchy, you know, acting uh, movements, but, um, uh, or are they just going to be like, well, we have to do so many, let's just CG them. And then it just, it, it doesn't look as good. So I don't want them to sacrifice quality to add more zombies in it i was i was fine with how many infected there were in the in the show i think that would more have been cool sure but did it really need it i don't i don't think that it did i think the amount that they had in there you know when there was a uh, the scene of them coming up out of the ground to uh take out that uh what was it philadelphia or kansas city or, or whatever oh, all yeah, those, those people when i mean that looked amazing and there was a shit ton of zombies and they even had one of the big uh the brute guys i don't remember what those I guys think they were, were called behemoths i think behemoths whatever they were called in the game you know they had him coming out he looked great and he was very much cg um but i think he it looked good and because they they had a lot of real actors coming out of there they just enhanced it with more cg characters i think that's the way to go and i hope that that's what they do for season two as well um just just using cg lightly but to enhance things but keep everything as practical as possible because there is something about like seeing the the slime and the sheen of these latex face pieces that these people are wearing that really gives the actor something to act against and you know enhances the show I'm always a practical effects person, man. I'll take practical effects over CG anytime. I wish, in fact, like, I don't know if the Jim Henson company actually does, like, horror uh, Muppets and Puppets, but I think if they got into it, they could probably make some super dope stuff. Well, I think think there's a a time and a place for it. I think that CG, like the Mad Max Fury Road is a good example of it, right? They built all those cars. Yeah. Right. The one with the guy on it with the guitar and the bungee Flam. cords and the flamethrower and stuff. With the fucking flamethrower and shit. Yeah. So that was all practical. But there was a lot of CG used in that movie also because you got to make the background look like a desert wasteland and they're, you know, they're really driving someplace out in like Utah or whatever. I don't know. And, um, you know, the little enhancements adding, you know, more flames you know, more dust, uh, uh, cyclone in the background. Like that stuff enhances the stuff that's really there. 
just like Jurassic Park. One of the reasons why Jurassic Park still really holds up today is that they had a big animatronic, you know, T-Rex head that was like biting through the glass and stuff like that for the actors to react to. But then when it's running down the street and stuff, the body of it is all CG. You know, I think that, you know, having both things together, working together in harmony is really how you, you get a good quality um, end product. Um, but yeah, excellent show. I mean, I think they did a really great job of it. Um, now let's briefly talk spoilers for last of us part two. <laughs> and because they have said that they are, um, going to adapt season two and I think three, I think the next two seasons are going to be last of us part two. Um, yeah, they're definitely going to do that in order to stretch out something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I think I think you're right. And also, they said that they're not going to recast Bella Ramsey because there is a time jump between Last of Us One and Last of Us Two. I think <clears throat> I think that I mean, well, hey, the actress looks really young, but I think they did did a good job of like dressing her to make her seem young. But I think she's actually twenty. I mean, it'll probably be like another year, and uh, I, I mean, I think she's the right age for what should what should happen for. Uh, yeah, I think I think by the time they're done with it, you know, she will have kind of caught up to. Um, so she's nineteen right now. Um, so I think by the time they're done with season two, season three of the show, she will be in the twenty four, twenty five year old range which i think is what um ellie is supposed to be in in last of us part two um you know early 20s kind of thing so i i think that um they'll uh they'll be able to kind of match that correctly but the the big spoiler and of course now if you haven't seen if you haven't played last of us part two turn off the last couple of minutes of the of the podcast we appreciate you listening this far anyway um but there's a big there's a big thing that happens basically in the beginning of that game, which is Joel gets killed very brutally uh, and, with a golf club. And I'm sure we <clears throat> when the game came out, we talked about it, but I don't mind. Well, I mean, I do mind because in the game, Joel or Pedro Pascal and, and Joel are equally awesome. And um, I, I get it to push the story and you know the game obviously does some brutal things it, it wasn't the fact that he was killed it was just how he was killed um being what he goes through in game one and what he survived and i think the show's done a great part of showing uh, at least early on the episode where joel's like i'm getting older i can't do what i can do right uh, so it's like oh okay they're, they're laying the groundwork versus in the game. He's like killing behemoths and doing all this stuff. So yeah. I think, it, it I was... think, I think you're right that the game did a bad job of foreshadowing that Yeah, because maybe they, I'm sure they hadn't written that yet. Right. But like you, you go from this guy who can literally do anything. Like he's fighting these hordes of zombies. He's sneaking around, taking out entire, like the entire hospital full of fireflies yeah. You with know, guys with like you know fucking AK forty sevens, AK forty sevens, and stuff, and and then he gets, he gets taken out by by a buff chick. Yeah, and, 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 and it's not only friends. just that, but it's just like <clears throat> and they're 
they're newbies. Like they're not. He's a seasoned guy who's gone through yeah. a bunch of stuff, and this is someone new. It's like I don't know. It bummed me out. It it bummed me out for sure, and I think that I'm pretty sure what's going to happen. If I was to predict, season, season two is going to be things that happens between one and two. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be because we already saw Ellie, you know, <clears throat> confronting him about what happened with the fireflies. I think we're going to see them kind of grow apart in season two, and then it's going to end with season two with Joel dying. And that's going to be like probably the last episode. Yeah. And then season three is going to be Ellie's quest for revenge. Um, and maybe maybe it even starts with, um, what was the other chick's name? The Abby. Abby. I think it's probably going to start off with Abby with her friends at, you know, her, her camp that she lives at and like getting to know her. And then Ellie's going to come in and, you know, be almost like the the bad guy of the series kind of thing because that's kind of how the second half of that video game played out i will say that <clears throat> that's what the game as much as i didn't like how joe was killed um the second game did a good job at making you question um you know what are what are villains in this world like right who is right. really the villain you know um is it is it really like do you really blame people for the actions they're taking it's like it's hard to tell and i love that in like certain like when movies do that and you know it's like well this character who you see as a villain did x y and z but then you learn their reasons like can you really blame that person like would you even do something different you know? right and, uh, I th and that's I th what the game did awesome it did a great job of that yeah and i think you know the longer i've kind of sat with the game because i wasn't a huge fan of what they did with ellie's character right it seems like all the character growth she had gone through in the first game was kind of thrown out the window a little bit, almost immediately in the first game. Like, like the innocence, the sense of wonder was all kind of gone immediately in that first game, in the second game. And I'm hoping that with, with the show, they can actually, you can see that progress a little bit more in a, in a more even way. So that when, when it turns, when she turns into this like revenge hungry, like juggernaut where she won't stop at anything i think maybe it'll feel more earned because it, it it didn't feel mm -hmm. earned initially in the game and that's what that was my big thing it was like yeah it sucks that joel died like i love him as, as a game character and it sucks that we won't see him in other games right um but i think the thing that that bothered me most about that game was ellie's character destruction where she just turned, you know, she, she didn't take any of the lessons she had learned from Joel and apply it to her own life until maybe the very end of it. And that, that felt kind of like, I felt a little betrayed by that. So I hope that the series does a better job of expanding upon like, you know, what she went through in the time between the end of the first game and the beginning of the second game. So we know like maybe things haven't been as easy for her and the rift between Joel, Joel has really deteriorated her, you know, her sense of self and whatnot. And maybe it'll feel more earned in this, in the coming seasons of the show. So, yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, I don't have any reason to doubt that they're not going to do a good job, but I think, I think, I think you're right. I think the show, I think it's going to play exactly how you said. And I think the show will do a good job of where the game didn't where it's going to show how they drifted apart because you're right 
in the end of the first one, they really care for each other. And Ellie has a question, but it's not really answered. And then second game start, she got her answer. She's not happy with it, but it's just it just goes from one extreme to the other. And, uh, right. you know, so I, I think it'll be good. Yeah, and I think if we learned anything from this first season is that they're very good at taking the parts that were glossed over in the game and expanding them, right? Because, like, we won't spend, you know, six hours wandering around the city like we did in the video game, right? Yeah. It, it'll be more filtered down so we have room to, like, expand on some of these little interactions like her and Dina, uh, her and Joel and their relationship in the beginning. You know, that was so quick in the game because like a game wants you to get into the gameplay as quickly as possible. Right. So they can, they, they speed over some of this character development a little bit. And I think the show, you know, like episode three that we saw in uh, this season, you know, can take these little bits that were hinted at and expand on them into something that makes the overall show better. So I'm excited to see what happens. And um, I think it's, I think it's great. We can't get season two and three soon enough. So yeah, can't wait cool. oh, show. all right guys well thank you guys for listening watching and uh you know dealing with us in a in a more virtual capacity this time um i know that sometimes zoom isn't always the the best medium for podcasting but hopefully it turned out well you guys can let us know by uh liking and subscribing leaving us a comment down below what did you think of last of us season one we'd like to hear your opinions as well and uh, make sure to check out patreon.com slash nerds with friends to help uh, support the show. And uh, Christian, thank you for being the Ellie to my Joel. I survived! <laughs> yeah, for now. We'll see what happens in Last of Us 3. I know, right? <laughs> all right, guys. To all the nerds out there, remember, you're not alone. You're with friends. This is Nerds with Friends. Thank you. Good night.